Good morning. Wow. You guys look beautiful today. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we are in Revelation chapter 2 from verse 1 to 7. Revelation chapter 2 from verse 1 to 7. And uh, let me just give you this, that uh, our passage is the, is the first of the seven letters uh, that Jesus wrote to the seven churches. And in verse 1 it says there is addressing to a church called Ephesus. But if you, if you really go back a bit in the, whole, in the history, you'll find that Ephesus was one of the very powerful cities. Like probably today we'll say Johannesburg. Actually, I heard Johannesburg was voted as much most rich city in Africa. Yeah, so, uh, so what happened is that Ephesus was like that, very influential. And then if you, you read the history as well, you find that Paul not a history, actually the Bible, they say Paul spent three years in Ephesus, and they spent more time in Ephesus than anywhere else. He spent three years there. And he, I could see why, because Ephesus was, a, Ephesus was a hub whereby people, they would come and they would do business and so on. So if you plant a church there, you could easily, easily have a global impact because of the, a lot of people that come through that city. So that's what happened now, that he... I've put that there, so I want us to go in the Word. So you're there already, right? So let's read together. Let's read the Word. Let's read together. It says, the Word of God reads, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in the right hand, who walks amongst those seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toils, and your patient endurance. And how you, are, you cannot bear with uh, those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, uh, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet, this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the, to the one who conquers, I will grant to to eat of the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. These are the very words of God. Well, the title of my preaching this morning is called Priorities, Priorities. Is it there? No. Okay, not yet. There it is. Priority, Priorities. So what I want to do this morning is I want to take this passage and just hear the heart of Jesus when he, was, when he was pouring to the church in Ephesus. And he said there, there are four things that he comes with it when he was speaking to the church in Ephesus. He said, I have this to commend you from verse 2 to 3. And then he goes on, the second point, he said, I have this to against you. And then he carries on the third point, he says, I have this solution for you. And then he, uh, and the, the last point is, I have this Two promises for you, which is verse 7. And let us pray as we hear the word of God. Father, thank you so much for this moment, Lord Jesus, and thank you that indeed you gave us this opportunity to be here, to listen to you speak to us, 
May you touch our hearts, transform our heart, and help us, Lord Jesus, to get to know you better. Lord, I pray that the words that comes from our mouth might not be mine, but you, Lord. May you speak, may you touch your people, so that your name can be glorified in your church and in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Are you ready? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's do this. One of the greatest temptations in life is the temptation of neglecting our priorities. Isn't that so? Most of the time, we exchange what is essential and what is good. Let me give you an example. I have three kids. I love them so much. As a parent, we put much of emphasis on providing, right? I want to provide with my kids, and it's a good thing. But in the recent past, I realized one thing. I realized that my daughter is about to finish university, and my son is about to finish high school, and my youngest daughter, Zoe, is about to finish preschool. Well, the point is that I find myself asking God that I need more time with these kids. Soon they're going to get out of my house and then I wonder, like, did I give them everything? I need more time with these kids. But the problem is not time. The problem is priorities. What I fail to see is that I have a very short period of time to shape these minions But I did not probably use it to the maximum, or I did not prioritize it properly. Is it providing good thing? Yes. But I should not get caught out in a good thing and neglecting the greater thing, which is connecting with my kids. So the greater temptation in life is, is to neglect your priorities. And this was the problem with the church at the Ephesus. Jesus told them, the church, that you are doing great. The church is booming. But their priorities were mixed up. Jesus was not first in their lives. One of the greatest temptations in Christian life is the temptation of not keeping Jesus number one. So let's go to our passage and see what, uh, what is Jesus telling our, our brothers and sisters in Ephesus and how does that apply to us today. So now Jesus starts his letter in verse 1 addressing the church. So I, I really need to address that because it's going to help you to understand better because there are some words there that you might not really understand. It says there to the angel of the, chair, of the church. So you can see the angel, it means, or in, in, in Greek language, is angelos, which means messenger. So in other words today, in that passage, when you say to the angel of the church, we should say to the pastor of the church. Simple as that. But then it carries on, and it speaks about seven stars and seven lampstand. What does that mean? And on seven star, so when you go to chapter 1 of verse 20, it explains what it means. It tells you there that actually seven star, it means, it means, it, it speaks about the seven angels, which is seven pastors. And then, and then seven uh, lampstand, it means seven churches. Simple as that. So that's verse 1, gone. So, <laughs> gone. <laughs> Understood. So there's not much there for us to talk about. Now let's go to verse 2, and that's where Jesus started bringing the message to him. Because verse 1 was just telling you to whom the church is, the letter was addressed to. So now, verse 2, it comes and starts addressing the church, the important thing. 
So he first began in verse 2, praising the church. So I called it, I have this to commend you. That's, that's point number one of this morning. I have this to commend you from verse 2. The, so he goes on and says, I know your work. And he carries on telling them everything. Now, hear me here. Then Jesus gives them nine things that are doing so well in church. But these nine things can be summarized in three, three like, words. So I summarize them in three words. So the first one is, they are hardworking people. It says there, it says there, I know your toil. That is a hardworking church. Actually, Jesus in heaven is smiling and clapping his hands like, wow, look at these guys. They work so hard. How amazing are they? And he's commending them, well done, well done, Awaken Life Church. You're doing so well. You are in church on time. Is that so? No. <laughs> you are in church on time. You are saving there in the kitchen. You are doing all these things. You are saving as a Sunday school teacher. You are, you are, you are giving in an amazing way. Jesus is clapping his hand to the, to the Ephesians. You guys are amazing. Well done. I, he said, I know your toil. I know you're hardworking. And he's commanding you today as well, as Awakening Life Church, well done. And then he carries on and say, not only your hard work, it's like you guys are so faithful. He said there, in verse 2, carry on further, he said, and your patient endurance. What does it mean? It means that he, you guys have endured quite a lot. I believe most of us have been through quite a lot of challenges in life. But you are here. Amen. Because we endured. Our church is 30-something years old. But the church is here. Do you think the church didn't go through hard times? It did. But it's here standing. It means what? It endured. So the church and you and me, we, we, uh, Jesus said, I commend you guys. You guys are so faithful. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, I think Jesus is sitting in the balcony of heaven. He's like clapping his hand to the church. But wonderful. Well done, guys. I don't know if heaven has a balcony or not, but yeah. <laughs> but then, it's not just you, you guys are hardworking people, are faithful, but he carries on and say, you are so discerning. In verse 2, still it says that you have tested those who call themselves apostles and found them to be false. If the church today stands, it means that the church is descending. Because when there's false teaching, you are able to root them out so you can still stand in the truth. Which is great. And Jesus again, clap his hand. Oh, my people. Wonderful. So wonderful. You guys are doing so well. You're doing so well. So let me summarize this. Jesus is in heaven. He looks at the Ephesian church, and it's the same thing that he looks at us today. And he say, well done, hardworking people. Well done. Well done. Oh, man, you guys are so faithful. Ah, I'm so happy. Well done. And then he can oh, man, you're so discerning. Well done. And then he started reducing his clapping. But... 
Uh-oh. Verse 4. But. You know, it's like a, when you, have you seen this advert like car service, 800 rand or 500 rand, something like that. Full service, all checkpoints and so on. And then you put your car inside. And then sometimes you get a call. So we did all the check, but <laughs> you have to pay for this and this and this. I'm like, hey, it's the same day, there's 500 for all service. Mm-mm. There's but coming. So Jesus, this is what Jesus is doing here. He commands them and gives them this nine wonderful thing. But, point number two, I have this against you. I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. The word abandoned is often is translated as forgiving in the Bible. It simply means to release, let go, to send away. So it is good to release, to let go, and to send away when it comes to offenses. But it is not good to release, to send away, or to let go when it comes to Jesus. So Jesus is saying, you sent me away. You have released me. At some point, I've dropped on the list of your priorities. Actually, this is a habit. This is a temptation that all of us have. At some point, we drop Jesus in the list of our priorities. Well, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, it speaks about that. It's so beautiful. It says there, Therefore the word of the Lord came to, 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 to him and said, Go proclaim to the hearing, to, to the hearing of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord, and then God says this, this is beautiful word. Say, I remember the devotion of your youth. You love, your love as a, as a bride. How you followed me in the wilderness, in the land of, of in the land, not stone. And then Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, we say, and because of lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Further, Matthew 10, verse 37, I love this one. It says, whoever loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Loving your father and mother is good. But good things become bad things when they take place of Jesus. At some point in life, you loved more serving Jesus than being with Jesus. Jesus is saying that I did not buy you for me to, be, uh, to become second. Jesus won the first place. He's number one. So we need to get our priority in order. But the question is, this morning, Jesus said, you've abandoned your first love. My question was like, what is first love, Jesus? What is first love? So I look at it in the dictionary. I'm like, okay, Cambridge, come here. Let me check you. And the dictionary say, first love, uh, um, they couldn't explain it. So then I think the, the best way to explain what's first love is the word passion. Okay? I, I, I like the Portuguese word. 
is passion. And it comes with this, these feelings as well, like passion. You can see, and, and, and when, you, when you love someone, when you're like, you're like a girl, for example, you, you, you say, estou apaixonado. And can you hear this word? Eh? Can you hear the word, how, how it is? It's like so powerful. I don't know, in, in, in English it's a bit like a passion. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> But the dictionary translates it as a very strong feeling. I was not satisfied with that. I keep looking, and I found this dictionary. This is amazing. It says this. Actually, passion means an intense emotion, intense feeling, intense belief that compels you to action. Can you hear me? Can you see? I'm even having goosebumps, man. It's amazing. That feeling, that intense feeling that makes you to do something about it. You don't sit down with that feeling. Uh, okay, let me just give you a, a, a beautiful example. A beautiful example. Uh, do you remember when you, fall, when you first fall in love? Probably not you guys, eh? <laughs> Probably you are. You never know, you know? I remember vividly. I was in love with Sister Lindiwe, who lived in, in a different city. She was in, in, in Pretoria, and I lived in, in Cape Town. So, but then let me tell you this. So, the, uh, this intense feeling, this intense belief compelled me to do something about Sister Lindiwe. Can you guys hear me? Yes. That was called first love, passion. I think you, people who've been in love knows these things. I'm not talking, probably if you're not in love yet, you'll get there. You must remember this day, okay? You'll get there. This, it's like it just kicks you and you do something about it. I remember very well, indeed, with that time she, she had a trip to, 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 to Kenya. It was during that time where in Kenya there was a bombing of a mall and so on and so on. And guess what? I took the, I took the, the, the job of safety officer. I started calling Nindiu to be how to be safe. Nindiu, you must watch out. You must walk people. Look your back. You know, you mustn't go in these places. I'm like, when did I become a safety officer? I don't know. <laughs> but that's, the, that's what? The passion. The intense feeling. That led me to become a safety officer. I had to search everything about safety. Anyway, but then Lindy, a week later, she got sick with uh, flu and so on. Boom! I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a doctor now. I'm like, okay, take your medication time. You must not miss that. Drink some water, a lot of water, and a lot of rest, my baby. Oh, like, oh my goodness. I was a doctor. And I look at my, I don't even have, I was at Bible College, not a medical school. <laughs> but then, in the same moment, I become a chef. And I will tell her what to cook. You need to eat some nutrients, you know? You need to drink a lot of water. Man. You need to, it, it, come on! I'm taking all these hats. But the, the nail, and how I nailed her, and how I got her. Can I, tell you, can I tell you the secret? Oh, that was the nail, Baba. It was the best one. I went to a, this a website. It's called Zandu, Zandu, something Zandu? can't remember, but they sell clothes. So this guy is so impatiently in love, right? I go to this side, and then I found this beautiful jumpsuit. 
I didn't know Lindy was size by that time. I didn't know her favorite color by that time. But he, the intense passion <laughs> led me to this jumpsuit. And somehow, somewhere, I knew the size. Somehow, somewhere, I knew the color. And I bought it. She received. And she put it on. She took a picture. It was fitting. Mwah. Guess what happened? I think at that moment she said, I'm marrying this guy. <laughs> I'm marrying this guy. But let me tell you this. Then we got married. Days, months, years have passed. My wife will come to me and say, love, we're not connecting. We are off. Where is my first love? Where is my doctor? Where is my safety officer? Where is my stylist? Where is my, my chef? Where is he? Because I was not doing it anymore. Things started getting cold because I got her, isn't that? In other words, where is that passion? Jesus is saying to you this morning that we are not connecting. I know you're doing all these things, but you're not connecting. We are off. Jesus is saying, remember that I took you from that life. Your passion for me was so visible. You were in the word. You were so faithful. You did almost everything. You, got, you gave you your all for Jesus. And this came, and this came not out of obligation, but it came for a delight. You're doing everything for Jesus out of what? Delight. When I was doing those things for Leo at that time, it was not an obligation, it was out of delight. But then, days, months, years go by, you find yourself disconnected. Life takes its toil and we forget our priorities. Jesus told the Ephesians that you're doing good. But I'm no longer number one in your life. It's this good that you're doing is not out of love but duty. It becomes like a, just a duty. Let me ask you this question this morning. Do you think that your service for God is good enough for your first love? What are, you, what are you doing right now for Jesus? Do you think it's really enough for your first love? Imagine. Like for me, when I think about it, how it feels like to have that first love, that passion. And the question is, what are you doing for Jesus right now? Is it enough? For, the first, for your first love? Or are you just doing it as a routine? Obligation? Or duty? Church of Jesus Christ, let me say this. 
Jesus is calling you. You say, I know. You're doing good. You're in church. Hmm? You're doing good. You're giving. But is this enough? Do you think that you got it all? Is this enough? Jesus is calling you and me to go back to that passion. So at some point in life, we will be off. And Jesus knows about it. Now Jesus now comes to us and says, how do you get back? How do you get back? Point number three. I have this to remind you. Or in other words here, I wanted to say, I have a solution for you. Verse five. I have a solution for you. Probably you can write there, I have a solution for you, not remind you. Jesus is saying, when you and I are off and it will happen, I want you to do these three things. I want you to remember, repent, and redo. Verse 5 is there, very clear. The first thing is to remember. Jesus begins by calling us to remember. He says, remember from where you have fallen. In other words, Jesus is saying, remember the time when all you had, it was just Jesus. Remember those days? You didn't know much of scripture. You didn't become so much sophisticated. You didn't know certain doctrines or rules. What to do in church, where to sit. You didn't know much. I think all you knew at that time was that song. Remember? Remember that song? Jesus love me, yes I know. For the Bible tells me so. How innocent that song is. You are like so much that it was you and your Lord Jesus Christ. And the joy that filled your heart, it is incredible. So Jesus is saying, remember. Actually, one of the good examples in Psalm 63, David was dethroned by his son by that time called Absalom. And then David was on the run. He was on the desert running from his son. And then what happens like in verse six, chapter 63, verse 6, he said this, when I remember you upon my bed. So, incredible thing here is this. This word remember in Hebrew language, it means to smell. Science says that it, there is a great sense of connection between smell and your memory. There's a very good connection. Let me confess something. Let me take you guys to my bedroom. <laughs> Let me confess something. So when Lindio goes away, most of the time, for me to remember her, I go sleeping outside of the bed. And I use her pillow and I feel her, not I feel, I smell her scent. And that helps me to remember her. So David is in this, in this, pla in this place, he's saying, God, I want to feel, I want to smell your scent. And that is something that helps us to remember. Jesus is saying to the church in Ephesus that you have gone off track. The church is doing ministry for me, but not with me. The church is doing things not out of love, but duty. If you want to go back on track, if you want Jesus to be number one in your life, 
<sighs> Remember what happened in the past. Secondly, Jesus said that if you want to go back, if you're off track, repent. So the only thing that we, that we, we repent of in the Bible is sin, right? When someone sin or when there's sin, we repent. And Jesus is saying, if I am not first, you need to repent because it is sin. If you love your family more than me, it is sin. I love my kids. But my kids, they have, they have to understand that they are not first. They're not even second. Who is second is my wife. And my, my, I love my wife so much, but she needs to understand she's not first. Who is first is Jesus. I work in life church. Is Jesus first in your life? Amen. If you're not first, you have sinned. You need to repent right now. How do you get back? He said, remember. But not only that, when you remember, you need to repent if you find yourself that it, Jesus is not first in my life. But thirdly, he said, you need to redo. Go back to the time when you were just sitting in my presence. Do it again, again and again. Let me give you an awesome example about this. So that time of like a courtship or so on, it was amazing time. And then what happened is that our first dinner, she cooked awesome meal. Just this, this, the smell was like, I, I was blown away. So I'm sitting there, and well, in African culture, I, I, I love it. I'm African, so I love that. But he, I know some people, they, they, uh, I've heard some people talking about that could be oppression or, or so on, but he, African women and African men love it, but some people might use those things for oppression or so on. But for, for me, it wasn't, and Lindio loves it as well. So what happened is this. I'm sitting at the table, Lindio comes, you know the African women, right? They come with this bowl, with lukewarm water, with a towel here in the hand. And she comes and says, Baba, mm. ah. And I wash my hands and I eat. How wonderful is that? And that moment I say, I'm marrying this woman. But let me tell you this. Then we got married. Days, months, year passed. I just hear my wife when dinner's ready. Love, dinner's ready. But don't forget to go wash your hand in the kitchen. I'm like, my love, where is the first love? What is saying? Jesus is saying, do it again. I wish my wife was here so she can hear that. She's in Sunday school. <laughs> do it again and again. If you remember, repent and redo, Jesus say, I have these two promises for you. This is amazing. Verse 7. I have these two promises for you. He who has here, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the, the tree, of the, or tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. 
The first thing that Jesus promised is like, if you go back, right? If you go back to me, you're going to experience this. You're going to eat from the tree of life, which is abundant life. The Greek word for life is zoe. There is two Greek words for life, which is bios, as you know. And bios is more, uh, that's where we get our word, which is biology, which speaks of life in a quantitative way, which uh, simply means living beings. But then, but here Jesus, when he say oh, you'll eat from the tree of life, not quantitative type of life, he is speaking about Zoe, which Zoe is a qualitative type of life. Jesus is saying that I have come for you to have Zoe, not bio. Jesus is saying, if you keep me first, you will eat from the tree of life. The idea of the tree of life, it simply means joy beyond measure. You will know the real joy, a kind of joy that he said in Psalm 16. Psalm 16 says beautifully, it says this, in your presence there is fullness, there is fullness, there is fullness, there is fullness, there is fullness of joy. This is my translation anyway, it's not, it's not how it is. <laughs> so the sad truth about Christianity today, we exchange the fullness of joy with a temporary joy. And Jesus is calling us today. He's like, if you go back, you remember, you repent, and you redo, what is going to happen? You're going to enjoy the tree of life, which is a joy in its abundance. And the second thing that he mentioned there, he says, not only that, you're going to enjoy the paradise. What is paradise? Paradise is the presence of God. Simple as that. Well, Genesis beginning in paradise, remember? When God created Adam and Eve, who had communion with God, they walked with God, they fellowship with him. And one thing happened there in the Garden of Eden is this. When they sinned against God, they, then they had God coming. And they hid. And now the question is like, how did they know that is God coming? Because elephants were there, giraffes were there, all these animals were walking. But they say, when we heard God walking, it means that they knew the footstep of God because they spent time with him. The presence of God was with them all the time. So they knew that this is God coming. I remember in my high school, there was this teacher who who loved this perfume was like, boom, it smells so far away. So we'll sit in class, like he probably is, is late, uh, and they, when you, uh, or not, so we'll start playing or even sitting outside, but when you feel the smell, we know, hey, the teacher's here. We don't even see him yet. We just feel the smell of this, the, the perfume, you know? And then we know the teacher's here. We run to the class. But this is our whole idea, the presence of God. So we're going to enjoy that. So the great thing about heaven, we will enjoy the presence of God. Jesus is not just talking about the future, but he's always, he's as well talking about the present, that we're going to enjoy the presence of God even now. If you put me first. Jesus said this to the Ephesian church. Hello, my people. You guys are doing great. But you've neglected the first love. 
and he tells them how to go back. You need to remember, repent, and redo. If you do that, you're going to enjoy the joyfulness of life and the presence of God in your life. And Jesus is calling us as a church this morning, please set your priorities straight. Go back to your first love. Go back to your first love. Let me finish with this. It's a story of a man who his wife had cancer and then passed away. And then after some time, he had only one son. Tragically passed away as well. So he decided, he was a very wealthy man. He decided to travel the world. But in his travel, he collected a lot of art. So a lot of arts, like all these famous artists, like the Picassos. I don't even know much of the art people, like Picasso, Mona Lisa's, all this art in the, all this collection. So he put in his years of traveling. But then he died as well. In his will, it says that you need to put in, you need to do an auction uh, of all my art. And then he, the auctioneer comes, stands up, and people from all over the world, they're like, wow, we're going there because that guy had so much good collection. I'm going to buy the Picassos, all those things. And then he, they come there, a lot of people in the hall seated waiting for this auctioneer, and he takes out a picture, a picture of a boy. It was not signed. And they said, this is the first art that we're going to sell. We're going to sell it for 100 rand. 100 rand, 100 rand, 100 rand. I can't be auction here. I am bad. <laughs> 100 rand, 100 rand, 100 rand. Who want 100 or so on. And then no one responded. I think people are saying, we're here for Picassos. Not that picture. Who wrote, drew that picture? It's like, there's not even have a signature in it. You know? And no one was betting for that picture. And then one old man later on just say. Okay, I'll buy it. Probably you wanted to buy it just to pass on so they can get to the good things, you know? And then after that man bought it, say, like, 100 rand gone, 100 rand gone, 100 rand sold. And then he, he goes there and say, ladies and gentlemen, auction is over. And this guy's like, what? We travel all the way to come buy the Picassos, the, all these nice things. And you tell me it's over? And he says like this. He's like, actually, the, this picture you see here it is a drawing that the owner drew. He drew his son. That's his son, that picture. Even though it wasn't bad, a bad drawing, but it was his son. But he said this in his will. Whoever buys the son, get the rest of the collection. Because he who has the son... Has it all? Yes. Ah, isn't that the picture of Jesus, friends? Huh? Isn't that the picture of Jesus that he, if you have the Son, you have everything? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Why don't we pray? Let's stand up and pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your love. And indeed, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word in Ephesus, Lord. I know, Lord Jesus, you, you're challenging us this morning that, yes, we are doing good things, but we are forgetting the first love, that passion that we had. Lord Jesus, I pray that we go back there. We have that passion again. Help us, Lord Jesus, to go back those days when we were so passionate about you. That we could not stop talking about you. We could not stop giving for you. We could not stop serving you. Help us, Lord Jesus, go back there. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for showing us that we need to remember what happened in the past. And repent.
it because we did not put you first. And Lord Jesus, helping us, Lord Jesus, to redo again. Lord, thank you that indeed if you do that, you're going to eat from the tree of life, that joy that is never ending. And that paradise that is so amazing, which is your presence. Lord, help us to go back to your first love. Help us to put our priorities straight. To go back to our first love. And indeed, as the story said, that he, whoever has a son has all things. And God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.